This podcast is a Majestic Giraffe production. For more information and more content, visit MajesticGiraffe.com. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkiest Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. Skirts of Anchor Head and on the shores of the Great Chot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello! On today's episode, we're taking a look at uh, the first post-Return of the Jedi comic in the new canon, Shattered Empire, and surprise trailer drop! We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Before we dive in too much further, a note from our sponsors, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by you, our listeners and readers. Head to patreon.com slash Tashi Station, kick in a couple bucks a month, help us keep the lights on, and help us do some cool things, such as the Tabletop Podcast, which will be having its episode zero this month to introduce the players and the campaign. And we're also brought to you in part by Harry Universe. Flaunt your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. All right, Nancy, what is new on the blog? We posted our live commentary for The Empire Strikes Back. We are one film away from The Force Awakens in December, 40 days as of this recording. Uh, we had the uh, Jay and Cooper from 1138 invade the podcast, and uh, it was a very fun commentary. Uh, had a lot of Empire praising. Um, Empire Day! Yeah. A lot of Lobot uh, swooning. A uh, lot of gawking over Luke uh, and, and uh, Rogue Squadron. It was fun times. Fun times indeed. And uh, we will be getting to Return of the Jedi beginning of next month. So check that out and uh, check out all of our commentary tracks as we lead up to The Force Awakens. Super fun. Spice up your marathon before The Force Awakens yes. with our commentary tracks. Because, you know, we know you've all seen Star Wars a billion times. So listen to someone else watch Star Wars for the billionth time. <laughs> Uh, Bria has a bunch of comic reviews per usual. Uh, Star Wars number 11, Kanan number 7, and Chewbacca number 2. She also reviewed Twilight Company, the new novel from Del Rey and uh, Alexander Freed. Uh, We also have a spoiler-free go-no-go. I believe the uh, Twilight Company got a go um, with a a bit of a caveat. I wasn't as big of a fan as Bria or Show, I don't think, but I don't think it's a bad book, so I couldn't give it a no-go, but it wasn't something that got my rousing endorsement that, you know, wasn't bad, but I just didn't connect with it, so 
can't kind of hard to fault a book for that because <laughs> it's not badly written. Um, and finally, Bria reviewed the last episode of Rebels. Always two there are, and uh, Brian will have a review for the uh, newest episode up soon, probably. As when, when this podcast is up. I was so tempted to just do a top 10 list of best one-liners from Hondo ah! with my review. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have that many lines, so it probably would have been all of them. But, you know, that would have been a good... The semi-famous Lando Calrissian. <laughs> oh, God. Mine is just, oh, the stories I could tell. Most of them true. <laughs> Most of them true. <laughs> oh my friend at least i hope think we are friends uh hondo hondo we missed you uh right yeah all right fixers flash the geeky things we've been up to i've been writing nano nano rimo yep you're that's almost, pretty much about it you're almost twenty thousand words in i am eighteen thousand words in might knock a few more out tonight after we finish uh, I don't know. My brain's kind of mushy. <laughs> what happens when you get up to four thousand? I in a wrote day? over four thousand words today, and uh, which is, I mean, it's fine because that's what I do on the weekends uh, when I don't have anything else to do um, and don't go anywhere. Um, I wrote four thousand twenty-two words today, but um, my brain turns to mush after you know thirty-three thousand. I think I think I have a limit on the words I can write per day. Uh, but we'll see. I, I've I've had a little bit of a break, so I might be able to write a few more. So what you're saying is, podcast episode might be short. Well, my brain for other things is fine. Okay, okay. just not for wording. Got it. So we we have exceeded the capacity for wording. Yes. on the day wording. Yes, you are you are wordsmithed out. Ah, uh, yes. I think I, yeah. I don't want to go back and read what I wrote. <laughs> Uh, as for me, I'm just waiting for Battlefront to show up. Oh, I am too. So I'll get out of your hair? <laughs> You're not in my hair. You got FIFA today. It's true. That's something new. Played as the U.S. Women's National Team today. <sighs> That's nice. It is, right? How'd they do? They won. Oh. Who'd they play? Uh, let's see. I played against Germany and Sweden. Ah. Beat them both. Who's on the team? Who did you have playing for you? Uh, let's see. I had starting up top Sydney Larue and Abby or, uh, and Alex Morgan. Uh-huh. Uh, midfield was Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, Morgan Bryan, and Tobin Heath. Mm-hmm. Uh, Backline was Allie Krieger, um, Shannon Johnston, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, and Megan Klingenberg, and Keeper Hope Solo. So you didn't have Evie Wombach playing for you? No. Oh, why not? Because she's really slow. Oh, whatever. You just don't like her. I like her fine. <laughs> she's the best striker that's ever played for the U.S. women's. Oh, but she should retire. Yeah. <laughs> I like Klingingberg. Now a member of the Orlando Pride. Is she really? Yes, she was just oh. acquired by them. So we have Alex Morgan and Megan Klingenberg? Yes, we have Alex Morgan and Megan Klingenberg. I like that name. Klingenberg. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is your sports break from Tashi Station Radio. Sports talk, Tashi Station. Oh, God. We're never doing that. Yes, we are. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Deke's dirt, we got nothing. I don't think there was We've got no film-related stuff. Or no non-film related stuff. I, I I don't I don't think so. 
I, yeah, I, I don't think so. Boy, well, we're really on our way to a short episode. I mean, it's mostly it's mostly movie stuff. Oh, Chuck Wendig did did uh, have a little tweet spe- spree the other day that was um, interesting, where he basically explained why he highlights all the homophobic aftermath reviews. Um, and if you, I think uh, Club Jade has a link. Yeah, she's to, got a uh, yeah, she's got a storify. His on it. storify basically that uh, you know people still email him saying he's making up all these reviews. And he wants to highlight that no, this is this people are actually saying this. This is how people feel about you know diversity in Star Wars and LGBT people in Star Wars. Um, it has nothing to do with criticism of his book. He's fine with people not liking his book, but not for not because they don't like gay people. So, and also the fact that he said he he doesn't think he did anything really important. Like, he feels like he did the bare minimum by having a gay main character in Aftermath. Um, he didn't give that character a romance. You know, the, uh, the character being gay really had no effect on the plot whatsoever. Uh, but people are still, um, you know, getting on his case about it, so kind of sucks yeah <laughs> and i really hope that he gives sinjir a romance in the next book because just to give those homophobes the double bird yeah well i mean they all complain that it had no effect on the plot and the, in, Man, so I, make it a make it a plot point then Man, i want the gay orgies that supposedly happened I, in aftermath i'm very offended that we didn't get it God, right <laughs> Give me the book that those people supposedly read. Right? <laughs> I want to read that. Yeah. Okay, Big's bullshit Star Wars film news, and we start with The Force Awakens character posters. Yes. Um, We uh, got these, I think it was Thursday, Um, and basically, I think I, I saw John Boyega had hinted that we were going that he was going to put something on his uh, Twitter and uh, he had a surprise for us. So we were kind of like, Oh, what is it? And then he posted this picture and it's really cool. Like a close up of him with the lightsaber um, ignited over his face. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I thought that's the only thing that was the only thing that was coming. And then I saw a tweet from Carrie Fisher um, and then I saw other, um, the other posters, like, from other, like, people were retweeting them. So we got a picture of Finn with the blue lightsaber. We got a picture with, of Rey with her staff. Um, Kylo Ren with his lightsaber, uh, masked Kylo Ren. Han with his blaster, with his terrible trigger discipline. Someone really needs to tell Han Solo, finger off the trigger. He's really bad at it. Han, stop. But finally, the best poster was Leia in some sort of control room looking badass and like she's going to F some shite up. Leia. Oh, that is so good. I was like, any qual- any worries I had about Leia are, are, are not, are dead because... She is awesome. And uh, we got this little... Oh, fr- and her and her, uh, her tweet was, oh, 
what was it? Oh, Luke, don't ask for the moon. We have the force. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Their brother and sister is so cute. <laughs> yeah. And then we got a trailer. Yes, what? We did get a trailer. Well, there was some other, there was a couple of interviews too. Um, I didn't put these in the show notes, but there was uh, an interview with John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. Uh, I think it was from like, ASOS magazine or something like that and then there was also um, I think they he was on uh, the Hollywood oh the Hollywood Reporter um, they had both covers of those and then interviews and they look very suave and cool um, and also uh, I wanted to note that um, you probably heard of uh, the hashtag forced for Daniel the uh, kind of camp social media campaign to get uh, Daniel Fleetwood, a terminal cancer patient, uh, to see Force Awakens. Um, and uh, Lucasfilm came through. They J.J. Uh, Abrams called up his house. Um, he Daniel's in hospice at his house and uh, a few folks from Lucasfilm went to his house, uh, brought their the equipment to set it up and showed him a rough cut of the movie. Which is pretty awesome. I I'm really glad they did that. <laughs> that that's really really cool. And uh, there was a lot of celebrities that got involved, and like Mark Hamill tweeted about it. So very really, cool. Yeah, Star Wars fans are awesome at times. At times, generally awesome though. Um, but then we all got a wonderful surprise. Uh, saw this yesterday morning on the tweeters um and my first thought was is this is this legit is this real should i watch this uh and then uh someone told me um no it's not that um it's not that spoilery it doesn't really show a lot and it really doesn't i don't think i saw some people saying it spoils too much and they didn't want it they wish they hadn't seen it but I don't know what they're talking about because I I, don't I still don't know that. anything more about the film after seeing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a new trailer uh, released for uh, Asian markets specifically. Um, and there was uh, some new footage in there, which was really, really cool. This trailer was super Ray heavy. It was super Ray heavy. It really makes it. This re- I, this is really looking like it's Ray's film, mm-hmm. which makes me very very happy. Yes, very very happy. Um, and uh, there was not as much Finn, really hardly any Poe. Um, there was a little bit of um, Kylo, but not as much Han either. So, kind of kind of interesting how and uh, it was definitely not as well made. As the American yeah, trailer. Yeah, th- this trailer was not as tightly cut and edited. Yeah, and I'm wondering um, who was involved in making it. I'm guessing not JJ. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And um, yeah, I I, th- I think you can tell very that it's very it's made for a very different audience. It's not made for an American audience, which is fine because it means we just you know got new footage. So yeah, I'm gonna sneeze again. So you talk. <laughs> uh so yeah the trailer really starts with ray finding uh bb8 and then this conversation uh in voiceover um in which 
Ray is chatting with BB-8 and says, she says something along the lines of, I know all about waiting. And then BB-8 seems to ask a question and Ray responds, for my family. <laughs> Ray is waiting for her family. Her family? Who's her family? I don't know. Who is her family? According to Daisy Ridley in The Hollywood Reporter, we are going to find out the answer to that question. We in, are getting that in, answer in this film. In The Force Awakens. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I know, because dear God, if I had to wait like longer for that- Another then, two years? Ugh! God. That would be terrible. It would be terrible. They probably won't say anything about Kylo's. And then I think, okay, this is either 1A or 1B in my favorite shot of the new trailer. Oh. The- TIE fighter silhouettes against the Jakku sunset. Oh, yes. Apocalypse Now style. Oh, that was so cool. I also liked the shot of all of like the scavengers walking across the desert with this with a silhouetted against the sun as well. It just it pr- it, it paints a very Tatooine like uh, feel, but it seems more orange than Tatooine. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> like it's it, it's the desert, but it's a different desert you know um one of my favorite shots was the shot in the control room of you see general Organa, and then you see with with 3po and she looks very concerned and then you get another shot or no you get i think it's just her and then she looks very concerned and then there's another shot with the kind of 3po in the foreground and then behind him you see leia and Poe is standing next to her in his flight suit. He just the flight suit, not the actual like flak, you know, vest and all of that. But I, I when that came up, I legit flailed and knocked over my speakers at work, uh, because I was so excited to see a General Organa, and then B her with Poe. Because as we're going to talk about later on in Shattered Empire. I feel like they have a close relationship, and I'm really excited to see it. And then we got a shot. Falcon interior, Finn and Rey introducing themselves to each other. Yeah, that was kind of neat, because it was the first time we've heard like them say their names. Uh, Rey says, I don't even know your name, and he says, Finn. She goes, I'm Rey, and it was very cute, you know. I, which is interesting, because it seems like they have met before then like you know if they're if they're helping each other out and on the run if they if they escape in the falcon which i'm thinking is you know what probably happens then that probably all happens in a very you know close period of time for them to not be able to introduce themselves yeah you know it's kind of like you think about them rescuing leia on the death star and you know luke's got luke introduces himself but she she never really find you know she Han never really says his name to her. She goes, I don't know who you are, where you came from, you know. And basically, like she he never says what his name is. <laughs> Just kind of interesting if you think about it. So yeah. and uh, then we get some starfighter shots. There yes. was one new angle that I. It was like they mounted a GoPro between the S-foils of an X-Wing, and it was amazing. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, yes. And then Chewie blew stuff up. Yes, he did. That was kind of neat. And um, the, the trailer ends with the shot we had seen before of Ray crying over what looks to be a dead body. 
And then there's the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Hope is not lost today. It is found. And that sounds like Maz Kanata. It sounds like the same voice who says, who are you? Who are you? I'm no one. But um, yeah, it, it, I think it's the same person and it makes it seem like that that scene in Maz Kanata's castle is going to be very interesting because it's kind of like, you know, the Java scene was very much, you know, a going into the den of the villain and, you know, trying to rescue Han. It seems like going in and going into Cantina was like, you know, it wasn't hostile, but it wasn't a very welcoming place either. Yeah. It seems like Maz Kanata's pirate castle is going to be more of a welcoming place, you know, a, a sanctuary, maybe, which makes me very interest, interested to hear more about this and see more about this character, especially if she's force sensitive, which I have a suspicion she might be. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most finely crafted trailer. But I don't care. We got some new stuff. We got some new footage. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, Ray n- kneeling down with uh, Kylo, ready to cut her down, executioner style. Oh yes, uh, that was very scary. Uh, she looks very scared. Um, and I wonder, like, what the heck is going on there, and uh, how she gets out of that. And that's also in a very different environment than the confrontation with Finn and Kylo Ren. So I'm wondering which comes first and which, you know, how did how do these come about and how do these happen? You know. I'm excited. Yes. I'm very excited. I I, I am excited too. Sorry, I just got distracted. It sounds like it's pouring outside. It, it is pouring outside. Which is weird since it's November and normally the rain stops by now. And, here. and it's nine o'clock. Ugh. <laughs> so, yes, surprise trailer. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Which uh, lets us now jump into Cammy's Concerns, our discussion topic for the week. Probably just a brief topic for a brief episode, but we haven't had a chance to really circle back and talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. Shattered Empire and its connections to The Force Awakens. Yes, yeah, so sh- the... Last episode of Shattered Empire came out a few weeks ago. It was a very short comic, which is probably one of the reasons I actually read it, because <laughs> I'm more likely to read a miniseries than an ongoing comic. But um, and the trade, I believe, comes out in then sometime this month. So if you've been waiting for the trade, uh, you'll be able to read that soon. Uh, pause the podcast and come back after you've read it. <laughs> but um. Definitely read it before The Force Awakens comes out. I don't think there's anything in there that's going to spoil anything from the movie for you. Um, It might make things a little more interesting. And I think once we see the movie, there are some things in Shattered Empire that are going to be way more important and make more sense. You mean Um, like glowing forest trees? Yes. So um, the first episode of Shattered Empire is right after the Battle of Endor. Starts with a big... Starfighter sequence, yes. which was amazing. You meet Shara Bay, the protagonist, and you find out that her husband is Kess Dameron, uh, who is a sergeant in Han's uh, Pathfinders ground troops. Um, they they reunite after the Battle of Endor. Shara is an A-wing pilot, and uh, they celebrate their victory in the way married couples do. 
and uh, discuss, you know, what they're going to do now that the war is over. Uh, and then uh, at the end, uh, Kess and the Pathfinders are called out for another mission to, uh, you know, go destroy an Imperial, Imperial holdout on the moon. Uh, Shara goes with them as a pilot and she's kind of thinking, you know, oh, of course, you know, we won the big battle and now we're here and, you know, just waiting for my husband to get killed. But everything, you know, works out okay. And then you're left at the epi- the end of the issue, kind of foreboding that the war is not over and so, it's going to last. So one important question about The Force Awakens that uh, this first issue does answer is how did Poe Dameron get so pretty? His parents are pretty. Oh, his parents are pretty. And his mom's a good pilot. So, uh... That's where he got those genes from. Yes. <laughs> so, uh... So the, f- the first episode is very the first issue is very much a you know aftermath of Endor. Uh, second second and third issues are a, a like three like a few weeks after the Battle of Endor. Shara's still flying uh, on other you know on various planets. Kess is going off places. Uh, one of his missions is to go uh, invade an Imperial Security Bureau. Uh, location and get some information uh that was a really cool scene um shara ends up escorting leia to naboo on a uh, light duty oh one of my favorite panels from the entire run yeah was in this issue there uh you have a uh, her and shara kind of getting to know each other a little bit uh, Leia's writing next of kin letters and Shara's asking why she does it and Leia says because she needs a personal touch and we had the whole foreboding nature that Shara was going to die and Leia was going to raise Poe because they seemed to have a close relationship <laughs> and they were setting it up for sadness um, but in the end uh, Leia, Shara and the current queen of Naboo end up Flying uh, starfighters and saving Naboo from the sinister Imperial plan to destroy Naboo. And uh, my again, that favorite panel of mine is um, they the 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 uh, the Queen unseals the old yes. Naboo military hangar, mm-hmm. and. Leia's standing on the other side of the door, just like Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. There's this little overlay of Maul's face in the background as the uh, doors opens up. And, oh, it was just so well done. Yeah, she says, do you feel that? I feel cold. cold. <laughs> and I love that it that it insinuates Leia's force sensitivity because... Um, you know, I, obviously, from what we've seen officially in The Force Awakens, she is going to be more of a military strategist and also, I imagine, somewhat of a politician because of what she's wearing in the poster. Um, seems more of like politician civilian garb. But I they've been insinuating her Force sensitivity both in Shattered Empire and in the Leia comic. So, and, uh, and even in Moving Target, there was a, you know, a little, a little illusion there. So I'm hoping that even if she's not a trained Jedi, she at least has learned to understand her feelings and use the force a little bit more. Um, 
And if she is a full Jedi, then I'm all for All that. the more awesome. Yeah. I mean, if she's there with a lightsaber on her and she busts out a lightsaber, yes, please. Um, and then the uh, last issue is kind of separated from the others. It's three months later. Um, you f- we find out Char- the war is still ongoing. It uh, doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. And, th- and this is a theme, I think, that's starting with the post-Return of the Jedi books. Um, and we'll probably go through uh, the Battle of Jakku uh, when there's a treaty apparently signed according to uh, Lost Stars. But uh, that... They are, you know, still fighting the remnants of the Empire. Uh, Shara's husband, Kess, has put in his papers to get out of the military. And Shara is debating whether to do the same. She worries that she's going to be abandoning the cause. But her uh, superior officer says he's already put in the paperwork. Uh, You know, she's not abandoning them. She's done her part. And now it's time for her and Kess to go off and live happily ever after. And then she uh, gets a a uh, visit from a little droid called R2-D2 who uh, tells her to follow him and leads her into a hangar where Luke Skywalker is standing there and he asks for her help flying a, a shuttle to a planet called Vatine. He's got, he's got a mission he has to accomplish. Then Nancy's heart rate went up quite a few it, notches. It did, um, both because of Luke. Um I love that panel when he goes, I'm Luke Skywalker, by the way. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, of course. Uh, and also because I was sitting there going, Shara. Don't do it. You don't need to go on one more mission. You're just ready to muster out. Uh, people who are with Luke t- have a tendency to die. And um, this is bad. Um, you, you, you lucked out in the last issue. I'm really worried that you're going to die and leave your little boy an orphan. Um, so I spent the whole issue worried about Shara's life, um, but it was okay because Luke knows what he's doing, uh, which I appreciated that he was a badass Jedi. Yeah, this issue was really Greg Rucka's love letter to Luke Skywalker. It was incredible. It was. Uh, so the mission is kind of goofy in a comic way. Uh, he goes to another. Now let's be clear. There've been dumber. MacGuffins oh, to go after. Have. But uh, he goes to an Imperial Security Bureau facility um, after trees that were had been planted in the Jedi Temple. Uh, there are the last uh, trees left. Uh, Palpatine stole them and Luke wants them back. Uh, that, was a, it, that was a very cool panel because Luke is so determined. He's like, I want them back. Or he goes, we're taking them back. And I'm like, yeah, you are, Luke. <laughs> um, so we, they go there um, in a neat little tie-in to uh, Smuggler's Run. Uh, they have Shara impersonating Commander Beck um, to get into the facility, of which I was thinking, uh, A, Commander Beck has blonde hair and is white. Shara, you are neither of those things. Also, Commander Beck only has one eye. So I'm like, this is not going to go very well. Luke did not do his research. <laughs> Luke! Or he doesn't care because he just needs to get in there and then worry about the less 
the rest later. So, of course, they get in. They're ambushed, but Luke is awesome, and uh, they get the trees. Uh, he fights off the Imperials, um, throws a grenade back in their face, which some people said was wrong of him. I say um, it was in the heat of battle. He couldn't really direct where the grenade went. There weren't many other places for it to go. Also, the Imperials were bad guys, and he's still in the military. Is that any worse than deflecting blaster bolts back at them? Yeah, I mean, no, it's not. And I, 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 I did not interpret it Luke's line at that part as malicious he just said it's the last mistake you'll make which is like the same thing he said to java like i i i feel that's more sad than him being gloating like you had a chance it's kind of like when the doctor says i'm sorry before having to uh make someone's day go very very bad yeah and I mean, Luke doesn't want to kill people, but he will if he has to. I think that's also what makes him different from the the Jedi, the former Jedi Order. You know, as much as they claim they were peep keepers of the peace, not soldiers, they were very quick to go to war. For with Luke, it is very much a last, last. Well, result. I think also, I mean, it's important to know Luke was in the military like before he was a jedi i mean luke joined the alliance the first thing and even as he's learning more about the force he stays in the alliance to fight i think luke more than any of the old jedi understand the importance of fighting for causes agreed um and uh so basically you know luke gets these trees they they win uh shara is kind of odd, and I'm cheering because Shara is not dead. Yay! They uh, are flying back to the fleet, and um, Luke says, you know, R2 overheard your conversation with your uh, commander. You know, what are your plans now? And Shara says that she's not really sure whether she was going to leave or not. She worries she's abandoning the, the alliance, and Luke has such an amazing ah. response to her where he basically says that if they don't, if you don't stop and appreciate what you fought for, then the fighting was worth nothing. You know, basically saying that Shara needs to leave and live with her family because if they it's can't a, do that, it's a pointless war. It is everything she fought for. She has done her part, and yeah. now it's time for her to reap the rewards yeah. of what she did. Which has very, I mean, it's its very good advice uh, compared to other advice Jedi have given. Um, I think it's very interesting coming from Luke, because with all of the rumors about what Luke has been doing, doing or not doing and all the speculation um maybe luke took his own advice <laughs> and said all right jedi order you're up and running um i'll train one or two of you guys uh when i feel like it but i'm uh, gonna go off and uh live my life um i have a problem with him doing this when crap is happening like now with the resistance 
But I can see him doing that like 10 years after Jedi. Yeah. You know? I could see him having had like a 10 or 15 year period in which he just went off to finally live his life. Yeah. And I think his life would be training Jedi and, you know, rebuilding the order. I don't think he would stay in the military that long, you know. Um, But I think it's also important because, you know, the old Jedi dedicated themselves to the order and the order only. You know, I I feel like this is very much painting Luke as a... If he is starting rebuilding the Jedi Order, it's going to be very much a... They're not dedicated to themselves. They're dedicated to the health and state of the galaxy. Yeah. So, I mean, if they are... That you can be a Jedi and still have your own family. Um, I think that lends a lot more to that sort of an ideal than, you know, if he would have had said, well, you have to keep fighting, you know. (laughs) Um... And then he uh, he says, you know, I'm only asking these questions because I didn't think there was going to be two trees. One of them was spoken for, obviously, but I'd like the other one to have a good home. So then you we cut to the last page where you see Shara and Kess uh, planting the tree on their new home planet, uh, which they have chosen as Yavin 4. And then uh, Kess says, let's go home, Shara Bay. And they walk off to their little house on Yavin 4. The end. Cry a little. <laughs> Yay, they had a happy ending and they so, planted some trees. People keep saying that Oscar Isaac spoiled that. I think it's the other way around. The story yeah. group totally threw Oscar Isaac a bone there and said, yeah, he's from, he's from Yavin 4. I guess we'll find out when... We watched Force Awakens. If they have any sort of mention of Poe's homeworld, we'll know that he spoiled it. But if there isn't any mention, then it's probably they uh, they took they took it from him. His suggestion. They like this. I I can totally see them liking the suggestion so much. They 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 just decide to work it in. Yeah, but it it does depend. Like. So there's a lot of speculation now. What is what are these trees actually do? Like, can they make someone strong in the force? And if so, if Poe grows up near these this tree and it you know grows and maybe makes more trees, is he going to be force sensitive as well? Kind of an interesting thought, you know. So many questions, and especially. When you see in the trailers uh, Kylo Ren speaking to Vader's mask, there's speculation about whether he's act- he's just talking to it, if he's crazy, or if he's actually communing with it, and if it has some sort of dark side, you know, sense to it. Um, you know, the whole idea of these objects of objects ha- are being imbued with the Force is sort of interesting and leads to a lot of interesting ideas if true so yeah unfortunately all we can do now is wait is wait 40 more days Ah! (laughs) 
So I don't know about you, but I'm really hoping we get more post Jedi comics. Um, I really am, and I'm really enjoying these short serials. Yeah, they're doing. I wish Shattered Empire had been longer. I I I think this one could have done with six to eight issues. Yeah, but I do. But I, I can see why they didn't because they probably want a nice definitive cutoff before the film. Yeah, I do. Um, I I you know I'm not a comic person. So I probably wouldn't want to read like a ongoing issue or ongoing series with a bunch of issues. But the miniseries are like perfect for me because I can just, you know, get in and out of the story quickly, you know, appreciate the art and then, you know, move on. <laughs> it's a tight, tight story. I like that. Um, you can get through it in a couple of months as opposed to the year it takes to get through a major arc yeah. of most other comics. Yeah. Um but it I mean it's definitely ripe for more comics. I I I keep saying like I'm so excited for The Force Awakens. I think I'm even more excited for all of the expanded universe that's going to come out within the next several years now that we're finally able to get over the hump, you know. They've they've been really holding back not, and they haven't had a choice either. They've no. had to hold back. Well, I mean, wh- what are we going to want to he- learn things from? A book or The Force Awakens? Exactly. Like, even the biggest expanded I want the, universe fan. I want the books and the comics to expand on details uh-huh. in the film. Yeah. Like, I mean, once we see The Force Awakens and we find out what han leia and possibly luke have been up to for the past 30 years or at least have been doing up until around this point in time it will be a lot easier for them to go and fill in the gaps and i would imagine once we find out the subject of the last anthology film it will be a lot easier for them to green light more books because they know they'll know what they can't step on the toes of. Yeah, they'll have the next they'll have the next six to nine years of filmmaking mm-hmm. plotted out. And I I don't think it's going to be a case where they go through and show the entire thirty years of history, but like that's a long period of time. Like think of how long it took. Del Rey and Dark Horse to tell 30 years of post-Jedi content in the Legends universe. Like, Heir to the Empire came out in 1991. Uh, Crucible came out in 2013. And Crucible was what? I think 42 years yeah, after so um, after it took, Yavin. It took 20 years to cover that span yeah. in universe. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's 20 more years of content. Like, that just makes me so excited. <laughs> Anyone who craps on being a Star Wars fan now, holy cow, yeah. we have never had it this good and this amazing. And I mean, if it's not good, we can still go back and read Legends. Yep. And there isn't any sort of... I mean, I don't think they'll go back and do any Legends content anytime soon, but there isn't any, you know, ban on it that, you know, they won't ever go back. But 
that's what fanfic is for. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, just the fact that we can have like, like really like if, if they had kept going in legends, like the, the era I love the most was done. I mean, they really weren't go back, going to go back and write any more new Republic books about Luke, Han and Leia or Mara. Now we have that that whole area open, and not only can we get books about them, but we can get books about all these other new characters and characters that have yet to be created. So we are getting Aftermath 2 and 3. We're getting a New Republic bloodline by Claudia Gray, which takes place six years before Force Awakens. Uh, we don't even know what comics they have announced. We don't even know what books they have planned for next part of for after aftermath what a time to be alive <laughs> this is it insane it's so wonderful excited. like oh i'm so excited for all the books and like whenever I, we like talk to the guys from delray or you know heather from marvel and they say you know you don't even know you don't even know what we've got and i'm just like ah, i wouldn't know i mean they got me to read a comic it's a big deal. That's how amazing all of this is. Nancy not only read this comics, she went and pre-ordered the trade. I did. Mm-hmm. She's She doesn't do that. Yes. All right. Any last thoughts on uh, Shattered Empire? Um, Kess Dameron is very pretty. Uh, Mark or, uh, Mark Keto can come back and do art on Star Wars whenever he wants. Yes. Um, I would like to see more of the Damerons. I'd like action figures of the Damerins. I'd like books about the Damerins. Um, and I'd like to know how Poe ends up joining the Resistance. Uh, and was he in the New Republic beforehand? And is he going to be in Claudia Gray's bloodlines? <laughs> I need answers to all of this. <laughs> Anything that you, uh, parting thoughts? Just that I really want a Char and Kess two pack. Yes! Come on! Uh, give it to us. Ah, I need that. I need that in the action figure uh, <laughs> and case. Then we, and then we can put them next to Poe. Oh. And I wonder if they're going to be alive or dead in The Force Awakens. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up the show there. It's a short episode this week. You can blame Nano. I'm sorry. Uh, and we won't have an episode next week. Sorry, Nano. Uh, we are going to be doing an episode zero for the Tabletop Podcast that you'll find in this feed. Uh, we're just working out the final dates now. Um, but yeah, that's making progress. Uh, stay tuned for that. So yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up here. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Check out the links on the blog. Help us keep the lights on. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Elaine Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and Google Play. That's a new thing now. Just got approved for that. Uh, You can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you all next time. Bye!
This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, my God.